Welcome to Work From The Inside Out, a podcast that highlights real-life stories, practical strategies, and best practices for transitioning your career from unhappiness and dissatisfaction to fulfillment, meaning, and joy. Now here is your host, career and executive coach, Tammy Guler loeb Hey, everybody. I am so excited to introduce today's guest, Ebony Travis Tishner. Ebony is a strategic executive and subject matter expert in human resources, talent, and organizational development, compliance, and HR employee policies, diversity and inclusion, and health and well-being. She is the director for global well-being and HR employee policies for Boston Scientific, where she has worked for over 25 years. Ebony is a board member and mentor of the Urban League Young Professional Group in Dallas, Texas and Fort Worth. She mentors young Black professionals and is also a member of the National Association for Female Executives, National Association of Professional Women, and so much more. And we're going to learn all about all of her activities. She's fascinating. So please join me in welcoming Ebony Travis Tishner. Welcome, Ebony. Uh, thank you so much, Tammy. I'm so thrilled to be here. <laughs> I am I am just so excited to have you here and to have my audience learn about your life and the trajectory that you've been on um, for all these years and all the things that you've done and and all the all, all the ways in which you are um, really trying to bring so many important things to the world way be and way beyond Boston Scientific and that's a big sphere in and of itself. So as you know, on work from the inside out, we really like to start at the beginning, those formative years and talk a little bit about, you know, who young Ebony was, how her early years may have influenced where you are today. Maybe not. Sometimes people have different early experiences that, you know, are just, uh, um, you know, they've tiptoed through something when they were younger and they're doing something completely different. But take take us through some of those earlier years. Wow. And that's a really that that was a really thought provoking question. And <laughs> as I, I listened and I, I thought about it and for me, you know, growing up as, as, as a black Hispanic woman, uh, my mother is Hispanic and she raised me as a single mom. Uh, my dad passed away after I was born and my mother was a truck driver. She worked in that industry where it was very male dominated. Yeah. Um, she also picked cotton. Uh, she worked in the field. Um, she was someone who just really believed that there was nothing she couldn't do and that yeah. nothing was going to stop her from from making sure she she raised me. Wow. And, you know, something that a couple of things that I feel have helped steer and guide me to where I'm at today is. I think about just how hard she worked as I was growing up that reminded me that I definitely wanted to be that way. I wanted to work hard and, and work even harder in order to just to prove myself. I think the other thing uh, that also 
I remember, and that also helps me as, as my compass as well, which is I love to work. Yeah. I just love working. And yeah. I love working in the sense of if I can make an impact and I can make a difference and I can help others, that fills my cup and makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I say that because growing up, I never imagined that there was a college or anything like that, that I would ever go to. Once mm. I finished high school, that was it. Really? I thought that high school, college, no, they don't want me in college. I'm, I'm not smart enough. You know, I used to self-doubt myself quite a bit and, and I still do today. Um, and I think some of that came from how I was raised as well. Uh, you know, my mother was really tough. Uh, yeah. She was good to me, but she was tough. And there were yeah. some things that I remember that are embedded in me that I can't mm-hmm. shake sometimes. And I remind, I remind myself as I continue to get older, um, mature, is that I've got to stop letting those the past dictate my, my future and, and my present. That yeah. I know I've worked hard to get where I'm at today and I have to stop self-doubting myself. And that's what I I tell others, right? You have to get out of your head and I have to get out of my head. That's what my mentor used to always tell me. Yeah. And something else I I, I recall that also drives me is the happiness piece. No matter what was going on in life or where my mom had to move me or take me, uh, even growing up with my grandmother who only spoke Spanish and I didn't understand a a lick of Spanish, (laughs) uh, my mother didn't raise me to speak Spanish. Oh, really? She didn't want my English to be broken. She was very adamant about that. Back in the 70s, she was like, I do not want you speaking Spanish. You can take your class, but I, I just, that was not how she had raised me because she just knew the stigmatism. And I was picked on. I, I, you know, people used to say my mom wasn't my mom. They'd ask her over and over again, is this your daughter? Oh, wow. I take out more, I take more after my dad than my mom. Ah, okay. And, uh, you know, so I I remember a lot of those things that really kind of helped remind me and ground me of why I got into DEI. Yeah. Yeah. The importance of seeing the people and the color of their skin and who they are and how they show up. Yeah. Inclusion, you know. I think the other, and what I'm trying to get to there is there are so many pieces of my past and growing up that have helped to shape me now. Mm. And again, thinking about, I could be sad. I could be like, I didn't have that growing up. A lot of people didn't have it, not just me. So I can't sit there and be sad when people are going through worse. At least I had a roof food, yeah. clothes. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I just, I found ways to just find happiness in other aspects that weren't material. Mm. It was dancing when no one was looking, <laughs> running miles and miles because I love to be out in the nature and just running and working out and being fit, uh-huh. reading mm. books, mm. you know, losing myself in a good mystery or romance novel. And those are the things, like all those things I did as a child, yeah. I still carry some of those things with me today, mm. especially when it comes to being happy and spreading that joy to others. That, I just take some of those and I have to just remind myself, there are others who had it worse. Sure. And we shouldn't take for granted anything we have today. How can we pay it forward? And most importantly, I am me. 
I don't need to be someone else. Mm-hmm. Just be me and yeah. be happy with who I am. Yeah. And if I can make someone's day, that makes my day. Yeah, I I agree with you. You know, it, it's interesting what you said a moment ago. Stop letting the past dictate your future. And yet there, you know, it's kind of um, it's a it's a bit of a what I'm trying to think of the right word for it. But it's um, well, there's a bit of a dichotomy there because when I speak to people who are thinking about making some sort of a change professionally, there's a part of them that says, you know, I work so hard to get where I am now. How can I leave that all behind to go into something else? Yeah. Right. And I'm thinking, but you don't have to leave it all behind. Everything you've done up to this point is going to contribute to whatever you do going forward. So there's a way in which, you know, you want to let parts of your past influence your future. But I think that the the operative word that you said is don't let it dictate your future. So you don't have to hold on to that past to dictate the future. But that doesn't mean you can't take whatever good parts there are the and leverage those to go forward yeah. with, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I've done. Yeah. Is I've taken some of those great memories, great pieces, and even the not so great. To help drive and motivate me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I happen to know that you did go to college and you did get a master's degree. So I yes. know that. <laughs> and and not only that, but you've you've got certifications, you know, professional mm-hmm. certifications you got from Cornell. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, you've, you've done a few things over the years, you know, through yeah. that education lens. Yeah, so much more. I know that. So, so take us a little bit forward because, you know, you've painted this picture of a childhood with, you know, a hardworking, tough mother who put that roof over your head, food on the table. You had a grandmother who was, who was a presence in your life. And, and yet, you know, it wasn't always easy. And you didn't, you didn't have high expectations of yourself at certain points. And yet there's a sense that there were things you really excelled in, even from a young age going forward. That's, that's something I know about you. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and so there you had the opportunity, you know, to discover who you were even then and maybe change some of those expectations. I I'm guessing Um, but I, but I know that, that there are things you excelled in. So I don't want to tell the story. I want you to tell. Uh, You know, so when I left high school, I worked at a a diamond shamrock, you know, you remember, I don't know if you remember or heard of a diamond shamrock gas station across from Baylor university. And I, I loved it. And I loved it because it was helping people. I was this cashier who was friendly. Everybody was like, wow, what are you doing here? You could be doing so much more. You need to go do this. You know, people were always complimenting. Who, and I got who promoted. Was say, who was saying that to you? Who? Strangers, complete strangers. Oh, really? Complete strangers. Yes, complete strangers that I would meet as I'm checking them out at the cashier. Thank you very much. Thanks for stopping by. Don't forget to come see us again. I'm going to drive <laughs> by, you know. Um, I, I loved it. I I. I love to take a job and make it my own. 
And, you know, they promoted me to an assistant manager. So I got to run the store. It was amazing. I learned a lot. Uh But then people were telling me and, and encouraging me to go do something else. So believe it or not, I went off to do beauty pageants and Dallas Cowboy Cheerleader. <laughs> yes. Now, it'd be, it, people would be very interested to know how you went from the Diamond Shamrock to <laughs> pageant. I, I would imagine, were, were you discovered behind nope. the counter or how did you nope. decide to go in that direction? I uh, packed my bags. I, I was I, I told my mom and my aunt, hey, I'm going to go check out this place called Dallas, Texas, because we lived in Waco. Mm. And I'm going to go see, you know, what's going on They're They're telling me there's these opportunities and I should go check it out. So they gave me the name of someone who leads the pageants. I went to Dallas. I knocked on the door of the studio, walked in. They're like, Hey, we love your smile, your energy. Let's see what we can do. But, you know, we're going to need a couple of hundred dollars down, you know, so Mm -hmm. I had to give money, but that was okay. I was ready. You know, I'd save up the money. And um, throughout that process, something else that I love that the pageants did for me, um, it was Miss Texas USA. So I uh, was Texas USA, Dallas USA, Miss Congeniality, uh, Miss Photogenic. And it taught me a lot about people. And it taught me a lot about how to show up. I didn't know I was creating a brand for myself throughout this process. So mm. personal branding is another special niche yes. that I love yes. to talk about. Yes. And, yeah, and of course, you know that, Debbie. Yes. And I, um, throughout that process, you know, we had to raise money. We had to, and, and I was always kind of nervous about that. Like, I have to go ask complete strangers to, to sponsor me for a pageant. Yeah. yeah. And I have to do that helped me. It helped me build a little bit of confidence to be able to knock on doors, businesses, where they would hang my picture, they would sponsor me, and they'd watch me on TV, vote for me, et cetera. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it just it built a little bit of that courage in me that I needed. But I knew that wasn't going to pay the bills. Tammy, that taking a risk on, you know, raising my hand to try out for the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders, not expecting I was going to go ahead and be chosen. Those weren't going to pay the bills. And my mother became disabled. They told her she couldn't use her hands oh. to operate machinery or drive the rigs anymore. She couldn't teach. Um, and so she just said, okay, I'm not working. I can't work. So I had to pivot, Tammy. That's what I mean by you can't let certain things kind of dictate. Yeah. And I could have let that really just turn my life upside down. But I said, nope, I can do this. Okay, so mom, I'm going to go get a job. And I am going to be, and I'm going to get a job here in Dallas because they've got these great opportunities. Went to a temp agency, got an admin job. Because again, mm-hmm. remember, no no college degree at the time. Right, right, right. That's how I was introduced to Boston Scientific, which was formally guided in 1997. <sighs> That's amazing. And so here I am. I, and I, I, for the first probably four years, I drove back and forth from Dallas to Waco, Waco Waco to Dallas. Mm -hmm. Uh So I could take care of my mom and get situated, save up enough money to get my own place in Dallas. Wow. So, so I'm going to go back for a moment to the pageant Uh thing because I'm like, That's that's a world I never lived in. I've done a lot of different things. 
but you you did go from the pageant world to the the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and you said that was not a way to make a living. No. I, I think not. people would be surprised to hear that. I would think that people would assume <laughs> that that's something that pays now, a decent salary. It doesn't. It doesn't. The salary comes from the opportunities you get from that. Um, mm. If the opportunity presents itself, such as going and doing extra photo shoots, um, you know, going from one place to another for these impromptu, you know, fashion shows uh. or, you know, just it's you have to again, it's like the pageant world where you're having to find sponsors. Yeah, you're having to find individuals where you can have that opportunity to have yeah. those side gigs yeah. or you work full time, which I did temp jobs mm-hmm. to help me during the day until rehearsals and games and I things see. like that. So you were, yeah. you were doing both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Just doing the odd jobs. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's a lot. Um, yeah. I've, done, I've done the temp part of things, not the uh-huh. um, cheerleading or the pageantry, <laughs> but so how many years, what what point in your life were you doing all of that at the same time and then discovering that, that your mom was, became disabled? I mean, that's a lot all at once. And you were not, you were still young when all that, yes. not to say so, that you're old now. No, no, no. So around, you know, 94, 95, late 94, 95 through um, early 97. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. 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 So that was the back and forth. The chimp several agency. years. Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> wow. So, so at some point though, you reached a juncture where you said, I'm, I'm done with the, with the pageant world, with the cheerleading world, with the, the look and feel of the look and feel, if I may say. Um, yep. And that's a certain kind of branding, right? You know, that's, yeah, yep. it is. And, and, I can't, I can only imagine how much you learned about people and about certain types of businesses and things in that realm and having to get sponsors and and all of that. And then there you were temping in probably a whole wide variety of industries and businesses too, right? Yes. Yes. Well, I spent a lot of time working at a country club. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Was their receptionist at a country club. That was fun. Again, it's helping people, getting to meet people from all walks of life, which I wow. absolutely love. Wow. And and so where did that where did the transition occur into something that started to seem like, oh, this is something I can actually maybe even plant some roots in? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was the temp agency called me. You know, yeah. it, they called me and I believe it was like summertime, June or July of 1997. Mm. And they said, hey, we've got this great opportunity in a medical device company. They're needing someone right now. They're looking to start you as a temp and then temp to hire if you do really well within the first 90 days. And before you knew it, I was like, they told me how much the, the pay was. I'm like, oh, that's a no brainer. I'm in. Take me. You know, uh, they shared what the benefits would be, etc. And so. I went straight over there. I, I kept my country club temp job for a bit. Oh, yeah. I really loved doing that on the side. Uh-huh. But once things really revved up and I was learning so much working as an admin at this company in Las Colinas, I gave that up because I I I hit I hit a, a moment where I said, I can see myself being a career admin. Oh yeah, this is so great. Uh-huh. So yeah. Yeah. 
Well, you were very service oriented, right? You, yes. And you yes. could see, and you were getting along. I can't imagine you weren't getting along well with people, and yep. they were. Yep. Their their work was probably growing by leaps and bounds. Right. It was. It was. Yeah. It was. And remember, back then we didn't have like the great computers and stuff we have today. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So they needed. They needed you to do probably so many more things manually. Yes. Right? Yes. Right? Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. And and so that became even more appealing rather than all the other things that you had been mm-hmm. doing. Oh, most definitely, it yeah. did. Yeah. yeah, I felt like I built a home here yeah. for sure. And and so when did things turn another corner for you? I mean, I obviously there was a lot oh. going on with your mom too. You were you were doing yeah. the the Dallas Waco shuffle. That must have been a lot. I don't know what the distance is between both places, but. Yeah, with traffic and everything, it was about two hours, 10 minutes. Coming was easy, you know, because the morning, if you left like at five in the morning, you could get here at a decent time. I could be on work at work on time. So, yeah, yeah, we won't hash up those memories. But, Uh you know, um, as I worked and built my my brand, my positive um, thoughts about what I could do. Yeah. It was people again saying, Ebony, wow, there's so much more you could be doing here. Why don't you have your your degree? What's stopping you? And I would be like, ah, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. What do you need me to do? You know, I'd raise my hand for any and everything. And then I found this great mentor Mm. or we found each other. And um, she really helped me see that there was so much more that I could do. Um, Just this. She really had to just knock some senses into me. And I, I I went home and I told my mom, I said, you know what, I am going to, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to work full time. I'm going to leverage our tuition reimbursement program Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go get my BA. I'm going to do it. That's it. I'm, I'm all in. I'm going to do it. And And I did. And and I did. What was your mom's response to that? You know, she was like, at the time she goes, you know, if you can handle it, you know, do it. You know, I just don't want you to see, you know, she was supportive. She was shocked. That's what I had decided I was going to do. Yeah. But in the end, she was so supportive through the whole, all the years where I took my BA and then did my MBA right after that. Oh, so you did your MBA right after that. Okay. I sure did. I didn't even slow down. You didn't skip a beat, huh? No, No, I didn't. I didn't. I'm not sure you've ever skipped a beat, have you? (laughs) (laughs) Every now and then, every now and then. You know, I really feel like this company, everything that they have to offer, in the people, the people, the people, the people, I can't say it enough. Encouraging me, believing in me, seeing me is what really helped me bounds and leaps to where I'm at today. You know, it's, I truly believe it when people truly do see something in you and they, and other people keep saying the same thing over and over again, we got to stop and think about what are they, what are, what's, what's that messaging? There's, they're trying to tell you something. What are you doing? Stop ignoring it. Yeah. And I finally, I listened and now I'm, I'm in a job that I never imagined I'd be in leading our global well-being strategy. I never imagined and overseeing our employee policies. I just, I never had any idea that this is where I would be in 2023. Right. No, I, I mean, I get that. I mean, you were, you know, for someone who was so, um, it sounds like you were 
I'll do anything. I'm, you know, I'm game. And you were open to people and you were, you know, had had a lot of energy to give. And yet there was that, it feels like there was just this one sort of almost barrier or block in your life where you just wouldn't, you kind of dug in your heels a little bit. It's like, no, 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 that, uh, that's not going to be me. I'm not the one who's going off to school or do I'll just, I'll just be an admin. I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm good right here. You just, you can tell me all you want about mm-hmm. what I could be, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to be me right here in this spot right here. Cause in this spot right here, I'm happy and I'm helping yeah. people. And, and I'm curious, was there anything that your mentor did or said that sort of was like the, <laughs> I would say like the antidote to your, to you being like, crazy glued or something like it's because I don't get the sense that you're by nature a particularly like rigid or stubborn person but it seems like that was like a sticking point for you it really it really took a lot for you to say I'm I'm gonna do this you know as a mentor she is and still to this day she's very adamant you know she she is a mentor that tells you the truth who, when she believes in you, she will constantly, constantly stay on you to say, have you done this? Are you doing this? Mm. She is going to provide you the information. And if she feels like she's wasted her time, I can tell you that's not good. Right. And the last thing I ever want to do with my mentor is feel like she's wasting her time. And so when she shared with me the information and would send it to me, it, it was like she was nudging me. And at one point she's like, you need to get out of your head. And you need to decide if you really want to be a leader, you're going to need to do these things. You're you're going to need to do it. You just, you need to face reality. Mm -hmm. And it was just that moment where I'm like, that's it. I immediately left, went to my desk, pulled up all the information and said, okay, I need need to just register. I just need to do it and just start the journey. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, uh, like in that moment, almost like a light switch went on and you're like, aha, Mm -hmm. that's, that's Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, She meant business. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that worked for you. That really worked for you. Now I know you studied business, business Mm -hmm. administration, business management. What made you decide to go in that direction specifically in your studies? I'm curious. Well, for me, I felt like that that was an easy avenue for me, me to be able to do different things, for me to be able to leverage that degree in a variety of ways. Yeah. You know, because Tammy, my background is so diverse. Yeah. Being with this company, admin, manager of sales operations, dealing with the numbers, the, the daily sales numbers, the processes, policies, et cetera, for our sales organization, and then moving into legal and having to learn healthcare professional, um, Sunshine Act, Avamed policies and processes, and then educate our sales organization mm-hmm. on those processes and policies. Mm-hmm. Then going into diversity, equity, and inclusion, and helping to lead that commercial side of the business. Yeah. Then going into compliance, learning all of the policies and everything again. And basically becoming the manager of, you know, communications and training. And and I flipped those over. I was actually in compliance before I went into DEI because when I was in compliance and I got promoted, yeah, I finished my MBA Ah. in human resources. Oh, I see that. Yes, yes, yes. In human resources, which I sat there and I had a moment and I said, 
how is this helping me in my with my degree? And how's my degree helping me with this? So I went to my mentor and there was an opportunity for me to go into the DEI space. Now I had to take a step back and I've done that throughout my career. Yeah. I've been a manager and had to take a step back. Got promoted again, wanted to do something different because once you've learned and you feel like you can do your job in your sleep, it's mm-hmm. time for me to move on. Mm-hmm. So I had to take a step back again, mm. vice versa. So moving into DEI, I had to work my way to get right back up to a manager uh, level again. And then I got promoted into director level post-COVID after... Um, or should I say, probably right as COVID, as we were starting to kind of loosen things up, yeah. where I went into legal, I moved into legal mm. <laughs> to do all of our employee policies. Wow. wow. Right? So like, it's, it's just kind of like I've moved all around and now I'm back in HR again. <laughs> <laughs> and and yet there's, it sounds like throughout all the things that you've done and all the ways in which you've gotten experience in various parts of the company, there's this thread or a couple of threads that run through it. So when you say you took a step back, it it sounds like you, you had kind of a vision of where you were going, right? Yeah, I feel like it, yes and no, to be honest with yeah, you. Totally, right? let me, yeah, totally, yeah. Let me go back to the where the continuous learning, right? I'm a continuous learner. I love to learn. I love to grow. I love to be stretched. Yeah. I can't just, and I need to be around people, in front of people. And so for me, if I was doing a job and I knew then I could just do it in my sleep and it was just becoming something where I was just repeating myself over and over again. Yeah. I knew it was time for a change. Yeah. So again, I never imagined being where I'm at right now because DEI is my passion. At the end of the day, I would love to leave DEI. And so I think what you're, what you're, what you might be thinking or, or having me help you see, which is, Every role I've taken since I left compliance and I've gone into DEI Mm -hmm. and then moved into these other roles, Mm -hmm. it's all been a part of diversifying my portfolio. Because when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion, policies play a part. Well-being plays a part, right? You think about, you know, our employee relations. I worked in that space for a year, Mm -hmm. taking on a stretch assignment while Mm -hmm. I was in DEI. And so everything that I've done is all part of this DEI that I want to someday be able to lead because I feel like having that knowledge of everything else around me Mm -hmm. can only help strengthen the purpose and the reason why DEI is so important. Right. Like our leader does today, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. And I, I'm curious um, where, where it's at today versus where it was at even a few years ago in terms of, you know, I've I've been hearing a lot about, you know, how people are unpacking DEI. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I'm hearing, you know, it's not so much about the D, it's more about the I. And then now we have, you know, these matters before the Supreme Court, right, with um, affirmative action. And Mm -hmm. so, and it, it all just starts to get muddled or almost like, are we missing the point here? You Mm. know? And, and I think that there's myself included that we are constantly, you know, talk about continuous learning. I think we all need to continuously learn about DEI and, and understand 
what that really means um, and and what it really means in our lives, in our workplaces, yes. and how we engage and collaborate, mm-hmm. work together, mm-hmm. how yeah. that makes for a richer world, yes. a richer work environment. Yes, and ma'am. so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mm-hmm. think there's there's so much more work to be done. And yet, you know, each of us sometimes wonders, you know, how do we how do we do our part? But there's a concern, I think, where is it going? You know, are we we moving in the right direction? Yeah, I don't want I'm not trying to get political here as much as as much as I'm really not. I'm but I I feel like you have that vision. And yet it's I love the way that you're framing this, too. Or the way that you've you've lived it, you've lived it in terms of how you've navigated your career path and how you are you have looked at it through a variety of angles, um, oh. and and really have you know th- there's so many ways in which you can leverage your experience oh. and 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 share that with other people, bring about you know, tremendous awareness that can then be also instilled in a variety of ways within organizations, within human beings. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and Tammy, I'd like to add add to that. When you talk about the experiences, I can honestly tell you, I've had a variety of experiences. You know, I never even used to let people know that I was a Black Hispanic woman. Mm. I didn't. It was my husband who said, how come you don't acknowledge that? And interesting enough, my husband is a Caucasian man. So in my household, we're very diverse. You've got my Mexican mom who speaks Spanish. You've got me and you've got my Caucasian husband and my two little dogs who are black and white. And so <laughs> there is just nothing but diversity up in this house. But in all seriousness, you know, he's yeah. the one. And, and I, what I really appreciate about Robert is, you know, we dated during a time where it was a little uncomfortable sometimes being the only diverse couple, you know, interracial couple. Um, but he, what I love about Robert is he never felt uncomfortable about it. I mean, here we are today celebrating 25 years together. Oh, Um, wonderful. So, you know, I mean that, and it says a lot for me. I know that there's again, a reason rhyme why we're together, why all of this is coming together. And, you know, and again, when you talk about the experiences, I'm not going to tell you things have always been perfect. I've experienced some of the microaggressions, you know, the, not so subtle racism. But one thing is for sure is working for a company that just appreciates who you are, has a great leader, CEO, CHRO, just great leaders across the board mm-hmm. and the people. Again, I'm here for a reason and we've got to be able to share our story. We've got to be able to talk about the experiences. Mm-hmm. We've got to be able to be uncomfortable to get comfortable. Oh, and those that. are all the things we've done, right? Because it, it can be uncomfortable. But the more we talk about it, the more comfortable we can be if we listen mm-hmm. and we're actually seeing the person who's in front of us. And that's why I love well-being, right? So now I'm in this space of well-being right, that allows right. me to say, okay, So when we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and we're trying to make sure all of these things are good, how are we ensuring that the whole person is actually well as Mm. well? Mm. How are we making sure that the whole person is good after we're ensuring equity and inclusion? 
Right. So that's why I'm loving this well-being role right now. So it's allowing me so much more. Yeah. Tell us a little more about that. What now? Because I know you travel a lot and and for work. And so what kinds of things are you working on? What kinds of things Um, would, would people see you doing these days? You know, so at the moment right now, it's really working and focusing on embedding well-being into the culture of Boston mm-hmm. Scientific. Yeah. So right now, we're really focused on sharing the strategy and embedding practical elements mm-hmm. and so that we can make sure that we're leveraging what we have mm-hmm. already in place. Mm-hmm. But how are we making sure that we are also looking at it through a lens of well-being? So I think an example I can leverage is when we, you know, develop our future leaders for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Are we making sure that we're not just developing them to do X, Y, and Z and and get performance reviews and all these things done? But are we making sure that they're taking care of themselves and then also making sure that that their employees are looking at them and saying, wow, I know I can also make sure I'm taking care of myself and taking my vacation and doing what I need to do. Right. right? So it's making sure we're sharing the messaging Mm -hmm. and also how do we be more proactive versus reactive? Because we offer all kinds of a, you know, a wealth of, of resources, benefits, tools, you name it. But a lot of times people don't know what we have. Right. Until they, they need it. Right. We've got to make sure we let them know that here it is now. So that way, when you do need it, you can say, Boston Scientific's got me covered. I've got mental health resources, my employee assistance program. Mm -hmm. I've got my employee resource groups I can reach out to and talk to individuals if I just need a sounding board or social connections. Right. So right now, you're finding me going out and just delivering the message of ensuring that as leaders, we are setting the right example. Mm-hmm. And then as I talk to employees, it's hearing them and understanding what they don't know that right. we have. Right. And how can I ensure I'm delivering what we I know we do have that can help them? Right. And and that can only contribute to a culture where people feel like, oh, my my employer actually cares about me. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and that might sound obvious, but I think that's where a lot of people find themselves you know, going into that, you know, quiet quitting type place, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. I hate that phrase, but I do too. (laughs) I hate it. But, but, but we're still hearing a lot about it because so many organizations are trying to figure out how to deal with this, this, you know, world that we're, that we're in now in terms of where, where are you? Are you at home? Are you in the office? Where are you? And how are you? And and all yeah. that. So yeah. it sounds yeah. like you're putting pieces in place that can really provide, you know, resources for people, but also ways for people to connect yeah. in very important ways that keep them engaged. Yeah. And most the sense definitely. of belonging. I mean, that's yeah. all, you know, that that piece is really been mixed up for a lot of people lately. So mm-hmm. most definitely. Um, it sounds very exciting. 
<laughs> no, it is. I, I absolutely am loving it. Um, I've only been in the role for less than a year right now mm. uh, with the well-being piece. And I've just got to tell you, I'm so excited for what's ahead. We're doing mm. a lot of great work. We've got a lot of champions on the ground. So mm. I'm excited to just see, you know, what more, the, the more engagement mm-hmm. um, and the more, you know, even feedback that we get as it relates to the strategy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's great. So what else can you tell us about what you're doing these days and and how people can learn more about you and your work? Ah, so, you know, these days you'll find me a lot of times it's, it's working. It's making sure I take care of my family, especially my mm-hmm. mom who lives with us. So I care ah, for her here. She's okay. lived with us for 15 years now. So wow. I've been a, a caregiver to her um, just because she's been sick and everything. So yeah. just making sure she's closer to home. Um, but you can also find me, I, I do a lot of mentorship. I love to spend time with, you know, many women in my community to help mentor and pay it forward. So a lot of times, you know, they'll connect with me through my LinkedIn connection or through my Instagram or Facebook to say, hey, mm-hmm. can we grab lunch? Can I, you know, get some guidance? Yeah. Uh, the other thing you're going to find me doing, Tammy, is I'm going to be running. I like to get lost in the woods, air quotes, meaning <laughs> I love to run on the weekends. So, you know, Thursday through Sunday or Friday through Sunday, you will find me getting five to eight miles in first thing in the morning. Wow. Leveraging that moment to dance and sing and run, jog. Just spreading joy to mm-hmm. complete strangers or the my neighbors in the neighborhood. Um, I I love to inspire, and I'm a fitness influ- influencer, uh, yes. brand ambassador on on Instagram. So I spend a lot of time there, posting videos and messages to people. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing is, you know, sometimes I have to take time for myself. I'm I'm about self care. That's not about bubble baths. But I like to go do things that that fill my cup because I think it's important that as a caregiver and a wife, mother to my little doggies, yeah, I have to find that fine balance of, of and it's not even a balance, it's that harmony, right? right. In life and work, right. work and life. Mm-hmm. And when I find that, it helps me. And I can tell you without a doubt, I don't have a lot of bad days because I know how to find that harmony for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times people will be like, well, hey, can we do this? I'm like, no, nope, no, nope, that's self-care Sunday. I have to get that done before one o'clock. I'll meet you afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I love, I love that. I, you know, it's funny. I often will talk with people about when you hear people, oh, I need more life work balance. It's like, you know what? You're, you're shooting for something that doesn't exist. It you doesn't. Know, there's no such thing. It's like saying, I want perfection. And you're so right, Tammy. say, how about a nice life work blend? But I like harmony better. I like I think, blend too. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm going to borrow your word, harmony. I, okay. like, I like that word. I think that okay. makes, it really captures it beautifully. And um, I, I'm just so, I, I'm just so enamored with the variety of things that you've done, the things that you're doing in the community and, um, helping young people along, helping your mom and um, and the 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 presence that you have at Boston Scientific, they they are very fortunate, in my opinion, to have you. Um, you know, we have a lot of people listening who are in that place of saying, thinking about what's next, maybe even trying to figure out 
who do I want to be? Because that's one of the keys that you've said is, you know, that you really need to know who you are. That's that's key to to making some of those moves. So what would be a key piece of advice you might give to somebody who is deciding what to do next or is on that path to making a next move? That's a good question. And and I'm going to be honest with you. I've had those moments in my career where I thought, what's going to be my next move? Do I stay here or do I go? Yeah. And what I believe really helps and works is you've got to write down why are you feeling this way Mm. that you want the next move? Yeah. And then what are the pros and cons if you stay where you're at, but try to find a move within there or you go outside of that because the grass is not always greener? That's right. I think it's also understanding what are you seeking? So it, it takes a lot of getting into your head for the moment mm-hmm. to truly try to find that headspace to say, here's what I'm thinking or envisioning. Mm-hmm. And where am I at in my goals for even doing this? Do I need to pause and wait and maybe mm-hmm. think about doing this before I go on to that next move? Mm-hmm. But what I also say is don't stop and don't give up. A lot yes. of times we put it on the shelf. And we tell ourselves, we'll get back to it. And I've done that time and time yeah. again. Do it now. If you, if your gut and your mind continuously keep saying and thinking about what's that next move, that means you need to carve out time in your day, in your life, mm-hmm. to start to journal all of that. Mm-hmm. Write a little journal. That's what I did. Yeah. I have the pros and the cons. I have the what makes me happy, what gives me purpose. Right. What are my core values? What am I seeking? Where am I at today? And what doesn't fit in what I'm trying to find and go do that next move on? It's it's the self-reflection. It's asking yourself, are you not happy now? is, Is there something missing? And it's really, you've got to tear it all apart. I mean, I literally put a scrapbook together, cutting out articles of self-development mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all these type of things. And again, that's why I'm still here. Yeah. Because the grass isn't greener on the other side. No. Grass is actually a lot greener where I'm at over here. And <laughs> I love it. Uh-huh. But it. I've taken a lot of self-reflection to get to this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To say, I love what I do. I wake up every day loving what I do. It's not a job. Yeah, I I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just it's really taking time for yourself yeah to do the self-reflection yeah. and not letting anyone you know kind of interfere with that. This right. is your life and right. you really have to decide what's important for you. Right. It's so true. It's so true and we've heard these, you know, we've heard this before, but I love yeah. What I, you know, we, I mean, we, we hear people, you know, take time for yourself, right? Yeah. But what I'm really appreciating is the the way that you've articulated some of these questions. I'm going to put these all in the show notes um, because I think that these are great guidelines for people to have as prompts as yeah. they're thinking about what's next. Mm-hmm. So um, these are, these are fantastic. What a gift. Thank you. Well, Thank I get asked you. it a lot. I get, I do. Yeah. I get asked it a lot. So I, I, I've had to start to go back to others and say, I can't answer that for you. Yeah. But what I can do is give you a framework. Yes. Yes. That helps you. And I carry my little journal book with me. Ah, I carry it with me. Uh-huh. So at times when a doubt sticks in or a yeah. great idea comes out, yeah. 
I'm like, okay, I need to think about that. Yeah. Is this something I should, I I should think about? Mm -hmm. So just food for thought. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. I like that. And that ties in also with, with all the the work that you do around personal branding too. It, it, it fits right in. So yes, most definitely. Thank you. Ebony, this has been an absolute delight and, and enlightening all at the same time. I'm just so appreciative to have you here today and i'm thank you excited about all that you're doing and and all that you're going to do so thank you so much for being here no thank you so much tammy this has been wonderful i feel like oh my gosh i hope i didn't say too much (laughs) oh no i no we could have gone on don't know (laughs) not at all thank you again thank you I hope you enjoyed my interview with Ebony Travis Tishner. It was so interesting to speak with her and learn about her early life, various career transitions, and her current work. What is your key takeaway from our interview? If you are interested in any of the resources mentioned in today's podcast, you can find them in the show notes on my website at tammygoolerlobe.com forward slash podcast. Just look for episode 229. Are you anticipating your next professional move? Check out my award-winning book, Work from the Inside Out, Break Through Nine Common Obstacles and Design a Career that Fulfills You. It's available through my website, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, independent bookstores, or you can request it through your local public library. If you were inspired by this episode with Ebony, Please share it with your friends and colleagues, and please do subscribe so you don't miss next week's show. Remember, subscribing is always free. If you're enjoying the podcast, I would so appreciate reading your written review on Apple Podcasts. It's easy to find. Just go to my website, tammygoolerlobe.com forward slash podcast, click on the Apple Podcast button and follow the instructions provided there. You can also help support the podcast by buying me a cup of coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Tammy GL. Since this podcast is self-funded, your support is acknowledged and appreciated. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, it's never too late or too impossible to increase your sense of fulfillment and satisfaction in your work and other meaningful activities. Let me know how it's going for you. I would love to hear from you. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Work From the Inside Out podcast. For more information, you can find us at www.workfromtheinsideout.com.